0: You're listening to the Next Gen Podcast with Brooks Huber
1: and Andrew Christensen.
0: What a weekend of football. We have a lot to talk about as the divisional round just happened. And now we got to talk about that and the conference championship, as well as talking, booking it with Brooks. That's everything that we're going to be talking about in this episode of the Next Gen Podcast. Andrew, how are you and how did you spend your divisional weekend?
1: I spent my divisional weekend on the couch watching perhaps the best weekend of football I have ever seen in my life. That was some crazy games. I mean, you had three game-winning field goals. You had another field goal that sent it into overtime. There's so much that happened this weekend. I'm just glad I love football. I'm glad I'm an NFL fan because that was just epic.
0: I think this is the first time ever that all four underdogs have won in divisional weekend. And then on top of that, that every single game had ended on a last second play to win the
1: game. And here's the thing. So I, I'm just like so proud of all the kickers, right? Because they all came in clutch to win the game. But part of me watching this, like, wanted at least one of them to miss because if the right. listeners, they know already, I'm, I'm a Vikings fan, right? And oh flashback to the Blair Walsh moment. 23, was it 23-yard field goal to really win it? That. Yeah, and he literally shanked it. And then you watch all four of these kickers come in absolutely clutch. It makes me just envy these teams for having kickers like that. But props to those guys because they made, they made their money this weekend.
0: Well, that's why they're in this situation. All the teams that won won because they were disciplined. They had good quarterbacks except for the 49ers, but uh, I say that. And they also had great kickers. Matt Gay was phenomenal this year. Evan McPherson, the rookie from yeah, Florida, he-, he was phenomenal. And we have to talk more about him later. Obviously, Robbie Gold, who has never missed a kick in the playoffs in his career. And the Harrison Bucker, who redeemed himself in this game as well.
1: Yeah, absolute clutch city there. So, like you mentioned, we are kicking the podcast off with the recap. So, what better than to kick it off with the AFC game between the Tennessee Titans, who came in as the one seed, facing a team that I kind of felt was the favorite coming in, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I had the Bengals win this game. Uh, you were not high on the Titans all year. They ended up being the one seed, but I don't think there was a single person in the NFL, that thought that they were actually the best team in the AFC. They no. just happened to win enough games. And with this game, it was back and forth the entire time. Obviously, the Bengals led sixteen to six, but Tennessee stayed in there. What did yeah. you see from Ryan Tannehill and that offense, and particularly that defense as well?
1: Well, here's the thing: I came into it thinking that if the Titans were going to win, they were going to have to dominate that run game and really just control the tempo. And unfortunately, although Derrick Henry had some good runs out there, he scored the first touchdown of the game. He just wasn't out on the field for too many plays. Obviously, since he was out, they kind of eased him back in a little bit. And so I think if he's in full health, that would have been a little bit of a different outcome. But either way, Ryan Tannehill did not play up to par. I believe he's, he threw for one, one touchdown, I think, and three picks. So just did not play his best game out there. And I think that's a game he wants back.
0: Well, especially with that last throw, there's about 20 seconds left. They needed about 17 yards or whatever to get into field goal range. Instead, Ryan Tannehill throws yeah. in a double or triple coverage and gets picked off. And then that gives Joe Burrow one throw to Jamar Chase, and it's ball game.
1: Yeah. Here's- well, we,
0: should, we should give credit to Titans defense, okay? Yeah. Nine sacks on Joe Burrow. He joins, I believe, Donovan McNabb, as the only quarterback to win a playoff game, getting sacked eight or more times. That is unbelievable the way that he overcame that and was still able to win. I mean, now that doesn't happen without Ryan Tannehill being Ryan Tannehill, but we got to give kudos to Joe Burrow and that defense.
1: Yeah, we do. So two things going back to that interception on Ryan Tannehill, you talked about number one. So if you're a Titans fan and you're watching this, you're like, okay, there's two options here. Number one, we get a field goal and we win the game or number two, we, we have to punt the ball or whatever, pin him back and we go to overtime. Right. But here's the thing, like the worst of the worst happened, Ryan Tannehill, like you said, threw into that triple coverage. But the toughest thing watching that play, I watched that play over and over again, is he, like, should he have thrown that ball? Probably not. But it was a good throw. It was right on the hands, but unfortunately it got tipped by the defender. They played some great defense. And so it's one of those things you look back, you're like, well, I mean, it, it goes down as Ryan Tannehill's fault. He threw a good ball, but unfortunately, he just threw it into too many coverage there.
0: Yeah, we should talk about Evan McPherson. Do you see what he said to Joe Burrow before <laughs> the game? He does a little stretch, says, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game, and he hasn't even kicked the football yet. I know, and he's a rookie. I that. As yeah. a rookie. Now, he has absurd amount of confidence. I give him a ton of kudos, and this Bengals team, it's young it's hungry, and it's confident. I can't think of a better recipe for success if you want to take down the Chiefs. I'm excited to talk about that game later in this episode, but now let's transition to the second game played. 49ers at Packers. What did you see there? Of course, this looks like Aaron Rodgers' last game in Green Bay. It was cold. It was snowy. 49ers didn't score a single offensive touchdown. How were they able to pull it off?
1: It was just kind of an ugly game. And I mean, you watch the first drive with the Packers. They literally like marched down the field with ease. AJ Dillon got a touchdown for them. Bang, it's 7-0, right? And you're saying, obviously, this is what's going to happen. They're in Lambeau. Packers are going to control the temple. But I mean, you just flash forward a little bit there. And honestly, the Packers, I mean, what, they put up 10 points. They scored three points after that opening drive. Like just really disappointing overall. Aaron Rodgers, who was my pick and many others for MVP, did not perform at his highest level. And it's just crazy to think that the Packers, as the one seed coming off their supposed buy at home, lose to the 49ers in just a disgusting matchup.
0: You know, like I, like I mentioned before, to win in the playoffs, you really need a good quarterback, right? That's not the case for the Niners. They steam their players beautifully now, Devo Samuel was not a, an integral part of that passing game, but they still found ways to incorporate them, and they still found ways to feed them. And I think that's an underrated storyline of this game. He got banged up a little bit, but he's the guy who set up that field goal for Robbie Gould to win it. And yeah. I, I just want to talk about that a little bit. Obviously, like you said, Rodgers did not score outside of that first drive, and that was a big thing. Rodgers did not look good. Their defense yeah. played great. but
1: And, and here's...
0: The 49ers got lucky, or did they well, just come out
1: to play well here's the thing is it's crazy because you they played the cowboys week 1 and to be honest i think dallas played about the worst game they could have right like they really just did not play well offensively yeah. a team that you know is capable of putting up 40 50 points did not come to play well then you're playing aaron rodgers at home and i honestly think they played probably the worst game they could have too so i mean i'm not going to underwhelm the fact because the 49ers d has played really well um, I believe in Kyle Shanahan and all that. But I'm just saying, honestly, you look at this Cowboys and Packers team and, like, they they honestly truly played probably the worst both teams could have.
0: You know what? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I was doubting this Niners team after they won in the wild card and they showed up again. They won an ugly game. They forced the offense, the opposing offense, to play their worst game of the season back to back weeks and i have to give credit to that defense. Their defense is insane they their secondary. I didn't think they had ballers back there. They are very underrated. Fred Warner is the best linebacker in all of football and Nick Bosa is even stronger after that ACL. We should talk about the Packers special teams unit. They have been like the worst oh. all year and they were even worse in this game.
1: First I off, we give up a
0: blocked punt for a touchdown and then and on time the timeout
1: what what was the score of the game? 13 to 10. So you talk about that block punt, that was literally over half of the points that the 49ers scored to win. So that block exactly. punt was actually was just a huge play, probably the biggest play of the game for sure.
0: And then after and then they call a timeout, they send Robbie Gold out for a 45 yarder. They don't even have eleven guys on the field, the Packers. <laughs> they only have 10. So this might be the worst special teams unit in the NFL. And I'm not calling for whoever the special teams coordinator is to get fired or anything. But I definitely think that he yeah. might be the step down and here, after
1: that. And here's the thing. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers did not play his best game, but he's coming in as probably the highest MVP candidate. He's only got a couple more years left in his career. So, like, put yourself in Aaron Rodgers' shoes. You're coming in as the one seed. You had a great season. You put your team in a position for success all year. You didn't have your best game, but your, your, your rest of your team, your special teams unit, is really not helping you out. I mean, they're making mistakes, getting a block punt. They're not putting out 11 players on the team. Like, there's no excuse for that at all.
0: Now, Aaron Rodgers was not the only top MVP candidate that played terrible this divisional round. Let's now transition to the Rams versus Bucks game. It was 27 to 3 at one point. I was looking, I was making a post. It was ready. It was going to have the 27 to 3 at the 306 mark in the third. And right underneath it, it was going to be 30 to 27 Bucks. I was prepared for the Bucks to pull it off. They were unable to. How did the Rams overcome that almost choking that game away? And how were they able to clutch it up in the end?
1: It's just one of those things where you're have you're watching Tom Brady on the TV, and they're fine. Are they losing what like like you mentioned, twenty seven to three? And part of you saying here it goes again, right? I mean, everyone, I think watching had a little bit of a hope thinking that Tom Brady was going to come back, make it a game. And he did just that. But unfortunately, I mean, the card just did not fall on the Bucks side there. And so we have to talk about the Rams side of the ball. I know you've been doubting Matt Stafford in my, ori- <sighs> I, I have to brag a little bit because in my original bracket, I had the matchup between the Bucks and the Rams. I had the Rams pulling off the upset up, upset, so I feel a little good about that. But Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, best duo in the league for sure.
0: Yeah, so now I was doubting Matthew Stafford. I'm like, hey, he's 0-3 in the playoffs. Granted, he played for the Lions, but can he really carry a team in the playoffs? And I'm seeing that right now. In his two games so far in the playoffs right now, I'm pulling out these numbers right now. He has a pass rating of 135, 131, sorry. 568 yards, four touchdowns in two games. And he only threw 16 passes in the wild card. He's played phenomenal. And I think we kind of all expected Tom Brady to come back in that game, but they had their opportunities, didn't they?
1: They definitely did. And here's the thing, like you mentioned, I really did think the Bucs were going to pull it off. I mean, that long bomb to Cooper Cup was just the perfect way for the Rams to seal that victory. As a Rams fan, you have to feel like the Steelers fans did where – You had the Chargers and the Raiders coming down about to get a tie. Your team isn't going to go in the playoffs. I mean, same things happening with the Rams, right? Your team is up all this. You're feeling good, and then all of a sudden things are turning the wrong way. But in the end, the Rams were able to pull it off. And like you said, I mean, Matt Stafford has really proven himself. Not only did he get his first win in the postseason this year, but he beat the man himself, the GOAT of all time. Tom Brady so what a way to do it for him
0: now while before we talk about the last final minute of that game we should talk about how there was a missed field goal by Ryan stuck up early in that game that definitely swung the game in a different direction and then also the Bucks in the fourth quarter had two chances in opponent territory on fourth down to take a field goal they didn't do that and they ended up going for it not getting it if they would have gotten those field goals there I mean, of course you don't expect you to get more opportunities than they did, but they could have won the game with field goals. Obviously you're not playing for that tie there, but I mean, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, it's easy to say that looking back right now, but at the same time, the bucks for a while did have, they weren't, they didn't have anything going on in offense. So obviously they wanted to be aggressive in the playoffs, you know, being passive, isn't going to win you. So I don't know. It's one of those things where it's easy to look back and say, maybe those weren't the right decisions, but in the end, If they were able to convert on even one of those, they would have been able to honestly win the game. So it goes both ways.
0: Do you agree with Todd Bowles? Because now Todd Bowles will be a head coach candidate in this cycle. Do you agree with him going with an all-out blitz on that second to last last play of the game?
1: Absolutely not. Especially when you have a guy like Cooper Cup, right? I mean, even if you're going to all-out blitz, you need to make sure you have at least two guys locked on, the best wide receiver in football. I don't know what was going through their head there. I mean, honestly, that was probably the worst thing they could have done in that situation. And it's it's tough to see, especially if your guy like Tom Brady sitting on that sideline, fingers crossed, your defense can do you a favor, and they just didn't deliver.
0: Well, I think they kind of doubted Stafford. I think what they were thinking there is hey, if we can put pressure, if we can force Stafford into a bad ball, maybe the heat of the moment is, you know, it's gonna make him crack, but he didn't crack under pressure. Yeah.
1: You guys give credit
0: to Matthew Stafford, 366 yards versus the GOAT. And then Cooper Cup had 180 yards as well.
1: Yeah, so you talk about how Matthew Stafford didn't crack under pressure. I think we have to to talk about Cam Akers, right? He had two costly fumbles in this matchup. It's tough to see for a guy who battled back through injury. He looked good on the ground. He did, but, I mean, those two fumbles pretty much could have cost him the game for sure. What do you think about Cam Akers? Are the 49ers going to still, or are the, the Rams going to still trust him going, going forward in these playoffs?
0: Well, so they have Sonny Michelle. obviously. I think it's going to be more of a 50-50 because he had a lot more carries than Sonny Michelle. I do think you still have to trust him. He's coming back from a torn Achilles. He had 95 yards in the wild card. You got to trust your young running back just to build up his confidence because he's an explosive playmaker. He didn't make two crucial mistakes, but I think he's going to bounce back we should now talk about because that was a great game. We should now talk about the game of the year. Um, Honestly, the second best game right. I've seen in my life.
1: I wish this was the okay, no offense to the Bengals, but I wish this was the AFC championship because I think everybody does.
0: I mean, I love the Bengals too, but this, this, these are the best two teams. In they the are. And, and
1: here's the thing I feel so bad for Josh Allen. I really do. The guy has thrown nine touchdowns and zero interceptions in the playoffs he had a game of his life literally couldn't have done anything more for his team and he had to sit on the sideline for the final 13 seconds of regulation and overtime. he didn't even get a chance right i mean he thought he won the game because they threw a touchdown with 13 seconds they were and then he ends up a loser i mean i would too i'm not gonna lie i would be celebrating too with 13 seconds left like honestly how does that happen so
0: in the two-minute warning on Sunday, Mahomes was 8 for 11 with 144 yards and two touchdown passes. That's better than any of Daniel Jones' games all year. Yet he did that in the final two minutes of a playoff game. That's incredible. And on top of that, there was 25 points scored combined in that final two minutes. You got everything you wanted in this game. And it just it's one of those games where you don't want to see either team lose because they both deserve to win just unfortunately one team had to go home and it sucks that it was yeah. Josh Allen because you know I'm a big Bills fan you know I'm a big Isaiah McKenzie fan you probably saw him on the sideline you know yeah. hands on his head. But it, I know it, was a it is line. tough
1: and obviously if you're listening to the podcast you do follow the Next Gen account and Brooks did a lovely job retweeting a picture that talked about how Dak Prescott's final run in that game took up 14 seconds.
0: Now, hold up, hold up.
1: 14 what?
0: I thought about that more, okay? Now, yes, now, Dak Prescott is no Lamar Jackson, okay? But they also didn't have any timeouts. The Chiefs had two. I know. And they also had a 420 wide receiver and the best tight end in football.
1: And And this isn't a shot against Dak, but it just puts into perspective that, that last sneak that Dak Prescott took 14 seconds off the clock, and you had Mahomes and the Chiefs just absolutely stomped down the field in 13 seconds. That was crazy. Like, I have not seen anything like that. If I was a betting man in Las Vegas gave me odds, I would have said there's a 0.01% chance that they would have done that, and they did it.
0: Now let's Now, if you were the special teams coordinator, the head coach, Sean McDermott, do you squib kick it with 13 seconds left? Because there's a lot of debate going on about that. Or do you do a sky kick and let them return it? Because here's how I look at it. Kansas city has explosive playmakers on each side of the ball. I don't think if you squib kick it, it would do much for you because they could just fair catch it or whatever, or they could have a guy, you know, take it to the house. Yeah. So I think, I think they did the right thing.
1: I do too. And like you said, it comes back to that, that fair catch or the knee it down. So In the end, I don't think it would have made a big difference. The biggest thing is you have to trust your defense with 13 seconds left, especially since the Bills do have a good defense. You have to trust them. Yeah, you have to trust the top-ranked defense in the NFL to hold any team in the NFL with 13 seconds. And they really just disappointed. They absolutely choked. They did not do Josh Allen a favor. It, It was sad to see.
0: Last thing here. Do you think that they should actually, no, we are going to do that in booking it with Brooks. Let's go transition now to booking it with Brooks. Andrew, you know, the topics we should yes. start off with the chiefs related one with the overtime rules. You can explain how booking it with Brooks works real quick and then we can get right into it.
1: Sounds good. Booking it with Brooks is the listeners favorite sub or favorite segment. I will ask Brooks five different takes and he'll tell me if he's booking it or not. We love this segment because the listeners will get heated. And we love when you guys shoot us some messages in the DMs. Make sure I can never you, win,
0: with this with this segment. Because no I know, if I say and that's both the best now, part I, of it.
1: I can never win. And even if I'm right in like
0: five weeks from now, I, I can't win. So,
1: yeah, I'm not going to lie. My favorite, but I love it. I'm not going to lie. Throughout the season, you have been very accurate on these, but the listeners just still give you the heat. So, We will have to kick it off this week with the Mahomes and Josh Allen matchup. And Brooks, are you booking it that Mahomes and Josh Allen are the first and second best quarterbacks in the league?
0: You have to. I I said Mahomes. I said Josh Allen was uh, the third best quarterback in this visual round, Mahomes four. But no, Mahomes is the best quarterback in all football. They're both the most talented. And I think they're going to be one and two for years to come. Now you can make the debate that soon Joe Burrow, Herbert, Kyler Murray, whatever, they're going to try to go for that spot. But with the teams around both of those two guys, you can't beat them. And I think this is going to be the next Peyton Mang, Tom Brady rivalry. I will book that, that they are one and two. We should now do the overtime one too while we're talking about this game.
1: Sounds good. We will talk about the overtime game. So this was the only matchup that went to overtime. Was by far the most exciting one. So, are you booking it that the NFL needs to change their overtime rules?
0: They do, and I'm not saying go to college. I'm not saying put on the twenty-five and get them, you know, both two tries. What I would like to see, and you know, maybe this isn't the right state of mind or whatever, but you put it on the ball in their twenty-five. Okay, just just for the playoffs, okay, just for the playoffs. You put it on their own twenty-five, and they have to go seventy-five yards for a touchdown or whatever. If they get a three, and you have to go for it, right? So now let's say you get a touchdown. Okay. The other team gets a shot. Okay. You get a field goal. The other team gets a shot. You turn the ball over as long as they don't score a touchdown on that turnover. The ball would now go to the other team on their own 25-2. So you have Ooh. to go 75 yards no matter what. I think that would be very good because now in the regular season, this would not make sense when it's like the Jets versus the Lions or whatever, because the offenses are not as good. Obviously, but in the playoffs, you know, there's a ninety-one percent chance that the team who gets the ball first in the playoffs will score. That's an ESPN stat. Teams who get the ball first are 10 and one, that's all I'll say.
1: Yeah, and definitely, I mean, no matter what they change it to, I think a lot of people agree it needs to be done. So I love what you brought up there. We are transitioning to a different quarterback in Tom Brady. Do you think this is the year he's gonna retire?
0: He's talked about it on his Let's Go podcast, and it it sounds like he's definitely considering it this year. I'm going to say no. I just He's a family man, and he's going to do what's best for his family, but at the the same time, I don't think he can go out that way. No, I don't either. He almost pulled off a huge upset to go to the NFC Championship game to face off against his former teammate. I don't think he can do that. I think he has to play one more year and finish it off strong with the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So Tom Brady, we're uncertain if he's going to retire or not. On the other side, we have Aaron Rodgers. Are you booking it that he will be playing with a different team next season?
0: I, I will book it. And here's how I look at it. If they would have made it the Super Bowl, I could consider it, but getting on the divisional round, that's just, that's not going to work. So I'm going to go that he's going to be leaving. And my prime destination for him is the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Ballard wants to get rid of once it sounds like, and, He has a great relationship with Pat McAfee. So I would love to see that happen.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a destination a lot of people have their eyes on. And then for the last one, we have to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Many didn't think he could take the 49ers to the NFC Championship, but look where they're at now. So do you think that Jimmy G will be the 49ers starting quarterback next year?
0: I don't, and here's why. They traded two first-round picks for Trey Lance at the third overall pick. They're going to have to play him sometime. And also with Jimmy Garoppolo, you could say, hey, he just brought your team this close to the Super Bowl, maybe even to a Super Bowl. We'll see what happens in the NFC Championship game. But this is the highest his his, um, trade value is ever. So I say you just trade him right now for as high as it is and you let Trey Lance fall. But the last time a team that has made the Super Bowl traded their quarterback and went with a North Dakota State product was the Eagles and Carson Wentz. That didn't end up well. Hopefully the Trey Lance era is a little bit different.
1: Yeah. So are you comparing Nick Foles and Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that what I got out of that? Or No, I'm, I'm not. I'm just comparing the North
0: Florida State Super Bowl type thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love it. All right. So that caps off booking it with Brooks. We have to end it with a little bit of a preview. We have two great matchups this upcoming weekend. To me, the most exciting one is in the AFC. So I think we should start with the NFC first. We have the 49ers who are the six seed traveling to the three seeded Ram, Los Angeles Rams, a six and three matchup. I mean, that's pretty crazy that that ended up to be the way it did.
0: I think it's a four and
1: six. Yeah. Four and six. Okay. The Cowboys the three. Oh, the Cowboys were the three. I forgot about them because they they went out so early there. So, yeah. Sorry. A little bit of shot there at Brooks. But anyways, what are your keys for the matchup on the 49ers end?
0: Well, the 49ers, they need to get the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. And Jimmy Garoppolo, down the stretch, he is actually a pretty good quarterback on the fourth quarter. They need to find clever ways, like they've been doing all season, to get Debo Samuel the football. And on top of that, they need to get George Kittle going early. I love how he's blocking tight end, but they need to have him as a receiver early because you saw that they didn't get him incorporated early and he had that one terrible drop. But the thing is, The thing that I hate about recording this on Monday is my opinions can change throughout this week. And I'm a split 50-50 decision on this game.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, you talk about the first two matchups, like I mentioned earlier, pretty ugly games, right? And so I think if it's going to come down to the 49ers winning this one as well, it's going to have to be an ugly game because the Rams definitely have more talent, in my opinion, especially with some of the trades they made this offseason on the defensive and offensive end. You have guys like OBJ who are balling out. And so I think the Rams are the favorite, obviously. And so the 49ers just have to really get it done on the defensive end. Like you said, Matthew Stafford has looked bad at times this past season. So if you can get pressure on him and get him to throw one or two interceptions early, you can really get inside of his head. And I think that's going to be the tipping point. So that's the strategy for the 49ers, in my opinion.
0: So who are you taking this matchup? Cause the Niners are six and oh in the last three years versus the Rams. Uh, They're going to be packing the, the SoFi stadium because they were packing Dallas. They packed Lambeau. Will we see it again? Who do you got?
1: Yeah, I have to go with the Rams here. And the reason I say that is just because I think Matthew Stafford, he owes it to himself. He owes it to, you know, the, the franchise for trading for him. So I think he's going to come out here, be composed. They're in an indoor stadium. I think that helps a lot too. So I have Matthew Stafford leading the Rams to a win over the 49ers with a score of 24-21.
0: I've been thinking about this for so long now. I still don't have a winner in my head, so I'm going to have to think about it in the next five seconds or so. But I'm looking at this game from multiple angles. Like I said, Niners are 6-0 the last three years. Stafford is playing the best football of his life. I think I has to go with Stafford. Like I said, having the best quarterback is a huge, crucial factor. I think Sean McVay knows he is 0-6 versus the uh, the 49ers the last three years, and he's going to right the wrong. I, I just think Jimmy Garoppolo's run is going to end here. Uh, Debo Samuel's a little banged up. Trent Williams is banged up. That's not good. That's for. Yeah. Their- Arguably best through players on offense.
1: And and we can talk about coaching too, because in my opinion, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are both top five coaches, easy, obviously. Easy. And so it's a huge thing. Coaching is definitely a big part when you, when you look at these teams and the, in the final matchups, I mean, Andy Reid on the other side of the ball, like a lot of it comes down to coaching. So props to them for getting their teams there, but we should transition to the AFC Brooks. So before we do that
0: though, I, I will say 27, 23 Rams,
1: by the way. Oh, there we go. Okay. No. You're going with the Rams. I love to no. hear that. How about the AFC side?
0: So I'm looking at this. I don't want to get too cute with it. I love Joe Burrow, Joe Shystee, Joe Franchise, Joe Burr, whatever nickname you want to call him. The Joe is,
1: the Joe Burr is really catching fire right now.
0: It is. I kind of like Joe Shiesty, though. It just sounds more fun out of my mouth. But in Mahomes' career, in the playoffs, at home, he's 8-1 and one, versus Cincinnati in his career. He has 308 yards six to, um, per game, six touchdowns, one pick. I like Mahomes. I don't want to get too cute. I mean, obviously, we saw last game and how amazing he was when he needed to the most. You can't bet against him in the playoffs. It's going to be another shootout. I see a 34-31
1: game. Yeah, and here's the thing. We we talk about Joe Burrow and how he's coming out and he's playing some good football. I love Evan McPherson. Like, that is my boy right there. He's a rookie kicker, and he's got he swag. Earned my follow.
0: We earned my follow.
1: There we go. So this is the thing with the Bengals is they have a lot of players that do not lack confidence, that's for sure. So part of me is cheering for the Bengals, but like you said, I have to be realistic, and that's why I'm rolling with the Chiefs at home. I think they find a way to get it done, and I do think that the Bengals really exceeded expectations this year, so kudos to them to making it where they are, but I think their luck runs out when they travel to Arrowhead.
0: Now, we should talk about, since we both took the the Chiefs, how can the Bengals win their second game in Arrowhead this season? I'm looking at it. I think they have to shut down Kelsey. He has the second most 100-yard games in playoff history, one game behind the legend, the GOAT, Jerry Rice. I think shutting down Kelsey is a big factor. They did actually a good job shutting down Tyreek Hill when they played. Who's your X factor in this game?
1: So I think a big thing, too, is with the Chiefs is limiting their their long plays, right? I think they are the king of getting those 40, 50, 60-yard touchdowns. And so I think they really need to lock down and make sure that they're not getting those explosive plays. I think the key obviously is in the passing game. None of us are going to sit here and say that the running game is going to win the Chiefs the game. So I have to go with the pairing of Kelsey and Hill. If they can shut those guys, I mean they're not going to be able to shut those guys down, but if they can limit those big plays, I think that's going to go a long way for this team.
0: I also to just add on to my X Factor. Um, obviously shutting down Kelsey. has to be a huge, but their pass rush, they need to contain Mahomes because Mahomes is at his best when he is running outside the pocket. I I don't know the stat off the top of my head. I saw it on TV. I think he is like 20 touchdowns on the run this year or whatever, or like 20 zero like touchdown interception ratio. It's something crazy like that. Yeah. And he makes all of his plays on the runs. So they're, they're gonna have and, second
1: home. And that's a great point because. Out of the last three postseasons, the Chiefs have lost once to the Bucks in the Super Bowl, and that is because the Bucks pass defense. Home. Or yeah, the the bus. Yeah, they were able to get to Mahomes. They were able to make him scramble, and that was the way they won. So I think that's the huge play in the postseason to beat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah.
0: So any chance that any of these conference championship games? Can live up to the hype (laughs) of divisional round weekend. I mean, I I would love to say yes because I mean, after the Bucks and Rams game, I'm like, there's no way this next game can top it. But they did. Every game got better. I feel like.
1: I know, but honestly, that Chiefs Bills game, I don't think you can drop a game that is any better than that one was. So.
0: I I think we're gonna be in for a treat this Sunday. I'm excited. I know you are. We want to thank you guys for listening to the Next Gen Podcast. We are so thankful for you guys, and we're going to the top.
1: Yeah, that about wraps it up. We have another exciting week of football, so we'll see you back here next week. Peace out.